We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 7 Waiver Wire Pickup Rankings, Injuries, Running Back Snap Count, Monday Night Football, DraftKings Showdown Picks, Some Bets, plus the Life Advice segment that people so thoroughly enjoy. If you want your question answered, go to thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com. If it's good, it'll get on the show. Always hit the time codes to find out what you're looking for. Remember to smash the like button for the episode in the comment section. Please leave your favorite buy low or sell high or both for the rest of the fantasy football season and subscribe for the love of God to the Mayo Media Network on YouTube. We're almost at 30,000 subs. We need your help to get up there. So please subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Let's jump in to the week seven waiver wire, starting with running backs. If you're looking for the full list and rankings where they get updated, should news change, that's up on DKNation.com. But I have been so kind to place the link in the description of this so you can follow along with me as you see fit. Also, if you're looking for the injury cheat sheet, the snap shares, the routes run for tight ends, the air yards for receivers, all the game notes, that's on the sub stack. That's also in the description right now as well. Free to look at. Uh, you can sub to the newsletter. Please do that uh, while you're down there too. So running backs for the week in terms of injuries, we had Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chris Carson, and Christian McCaffrey all placed on injured reserve. They will miss at least three. Well, they just missed a week. So they miss at least two more games uh, being on injured reserve. Samaje P. Ryan and Damian Williams missed the week because of the COVID-19 positive test. Uh, they'll have to do a double negative in order to get back this week. We'll see how that goes. Keep an eye on what they're up to. Nick Chubb missed week six, as did Saquon Barkley. They could both play in week seven. And then you have Latavius Murray, who left the game against the Chargers with an ankle injury. He was late in the game. 
I don't know how serious it is. We'll have to get more of an update on him moving forward. But as of right now, I think that he's fine. So let's just roll with Latavius Murray being okay for week seven. The big one, though, is Kareem Hunt uh, was carted off from the blue medical tent with a calf injury. They say it's not Achilles, but I'm going to wait for the MRI to see if there actually is an Achilles problem for Kareem Hunt. I'd say at least missing week seven, probably more time for Kareem Hunt. So... That didn't work out the way that any of us wanted it to work out. Now, did it with Kareem Hunt? So that's like three. He's played five games without Nick Chubb the past two seasons. And I think he scored in single-digit fantasy points in three of those five games. So maybe let's not line up and go play Kareem Hunt next time as an elite play. A good play, maybe not an elite play. For the actual pickup rankings, I'll put some color on them in a bit, but the top 10 are Elijah Mitchell, Alex Collins, Latavius Murray, J.D. McKissick, Sony Michelle, Jeremy McNichols, Jeremy, Jared Patterson, Dearness Johnson, Samaj P. Ryan, and... Chris Ash, sorry, and Le'Veon Bell at number 10. Uh, he could go up higher if there is more of an injury to Latavius Murray. It's not great to have to play Le'Veon Bell, but there's six teams on by this week, including some pretty good teams. You got Buffalo, Dallas, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, the Chargers, Jacksonville. I mean, those are five starting running backs, plus Zach Moss, plus Tony Pollard, plus Devin Singletary that you all may consider using in your lineups or have been using in your lineup. So, Pick wisely here. Elijah Mitchell is available in 41% of leagues. Somehow, I don't know how that's possible. If he is available in your league, spend your fab money. Go get Elijah Mitchell. He's the starting running back for the 49ers. You will want to play him. He's a top 20 option this week. Play him. Alex Collins is actually a little bit like Nick Chubb in a weird way. Clearly not as good or as good of a fantasy player. But the way that Alex Collins' role sets up without Chris Carson is very much like Nick Chubb's would set up without Kareem Hunt. Is that they're going to be the primary ball carriers so you can expect them between 15 and 25 touches per game depending on game script now chubb obviously a much higher ceiling because he's better and that team is better and they're more likely to be in positive game scripts moving forward but the other big thing with nick chubb in the circumstance is that without kareem hunt you're not going to see a ton of dearness johnson you're not going to see a ton of Demetric felton on the field only in very clear passing situations so two minute drills uh, or if they're down by like 25 in a game neutral situation or down by like a score or less nick chubb is going to be on the field and that will increase his target share through osmosis of just being out there and kareem hunt not spelling him in this circumstance because they're not going to turn around and hand the ball off to to felton it's just not happening they're going to use that's why they have chubb it's to use him in this role so instead of having like one or two targets per game let's call that four or five targets per game now which means like three to four catches because those are very high percentage catches for him and then you tack on the yardage the potential to score more touchdowns based on the increased touch love that's like an extra like four to six points per game for nick chubb on top of what he's normally doing and you expect his volume to go up in that circumstance as well so this is a huge Huge boost for Nick Chubb. He's like a very like lockdown top five guy if he's playing and Kareem Hunt is out. Alex Collins is very much in a similar situation. It's just the Seahawks are no good. So that's an issue that he's going to play like 60 to 80% of the snaps with far more when they're winning, but he's going to carry the ball 15 to 25 times a game, depending on that game script. And that is huge. He is not really involved in the receiving game, but if they're winning and he is out there a ton, he could backdoor his way into like two, three, four targets per game. But generally he will not be used in passing situations. We saw saw that Sunday evening where it wasn't even Travis Homer. It was DJ wiki wiki Dallas with the five catches 
Two-minute drill, end of the game, down by a ton. DJ Dallas on the field catching passes from Geno Smith. Very easy receptions against prevent defenses, too, trying to prevent a gigantic play from happening. So it would be DJ Dallas over Travis Homer if you were looking for a pure PPR back fill-in for this week and moving forward while Chris Carson is out. Unless, I mean, this could all change week to week. That's just the way that it seems to be setting up at the moment. In the Washington backfield, Antonio Gibson has this shin injury. I don't know if he's going to miss time, but it seems like he's eventually going to miss time with this. And that's why Patterson comes in at number seven, because I think that he would take over like 80% of the Gibson role, which again is primarily between the tackles, carrying the ball, goal line work, maybe a few catches. But this is just going to be a boon for J.D. McKissick regardless. Instead of having like one carry per game, he'll be between like three and six now, which is substantially more than he was getting before. And he could probably pencil him in for like four to eight targets per game as well. He's going to be like a fringe, top 25 PPR back as long as Antonio Gibson shin just prevents him from being explosive they're limiting his numbers anyway but he's just not looking good on the field so eventually he's going to get shut down preemptively Patterson would be the handcuff pickup but the role for JD McKissick is going to balloon not out of control but balloon a bit enough to make him a viable fantasy player moving forward Michelle and Jeremy McNichols the two primary handcuffs right now in all of football that are unowned should anything happen to the starter they're looking pretty good at the moment so uh Sony Michelle number five Jeremy McNichols number six Jared Patterson number seven again dknation.com or hit the description to find the entire list wide receiver injuries from week six what we're dealing with is Odell Beckham had the shoulder injury left ended up coming back in the game Jarvis Landry was activated off injured reserve could not play in week six but could play in week seven it is a short turnaround week for the Browns they play on Thursday night football so we're not going to get a ton of practice reports from them because they're probably going to be resting because they're hurt same as Baker so all three of them could play none of the three of them play I'd say that Baker and Odell probably for sure play Landry may play so keep an eye on that moving forward Paris Campbell hurt his foot no word on how long he's going to be out T.Y. Hilton got injured at the end of that blowout and non-contact quad injury he went down doesn't look good for T.Y. Hilton who actually did look good in his return to football but it's not going to be a great circumstance so this is going to be a boost up for Michael Pittman and Mo Alley Cox who saw their stocks diminish with Campbell being more involved and T.Y. Hilton returning uh, Kadarius Tony entered the game as you know game time decision with this ankle injury and he played he's gonna start then he immediately left the game with an ankle injury Kenny Galladay didn't play in this game Darius Slayton didn't play in this game they could all three of those guys could play next week we'll have to wait and see throughout the course of the week CJ Board in this game uh, had to get a cast on his arm he's done so it's basically just like Sterling Shepard out there Dante Pettis is catching passes on this team right now so as long as Tony is out Shepard is the guy that you want to be playing regardless of the other guys being in or being out Chris Conley hurt his neck in the Texans game that allowed more snaps for Nico Collins and to a lesser extent, Chris Moore for the Texans. Mike Williams, uh, the Chargers are going on by. He should be good coming out of the bye week. Sammy Watkins missed week six with a hamstring injury. No word yet on whether he'll return for week seven, especially now that Boykin and Rashad Bateman have returned. Uh, Curtis Samuel is going to miss some more time for Washington. Diami Brown played for Washington, so that's the guy. I mean, you don't want him, but that's the guy filling in for like the quote-unquote Samuel role right now him and Adam Humphreys Devontae Parker missed week six in London he should play week seven against Atlanta we'll see Will Fuller he's on IR should Parker sit again the pecking order for the Dolphins looks like Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, Gap, Mac Hollins, 
than nobody you would ever consider playing. Matt Collins, you could theoretically play, I guess, if Parker was out. Parker, you can probably play if you end up going in. Wide receiver pickups for the week. I still have Tim Patrick at number one. Tim Patrick is good. Tim Patrick produces every week. Tim Patrick has been a top 36 receiver this year. He should be playing on your team. He shouldn't just be on the waiver wire. Tim Patrick is a solid player. Pick him up and play him. He good. Play him. Rashad Bateman is number two. I worry about the overall volume just because of the dearth of volume on the Ravens passing offense. They want to run the ball. They are good at running the ball. So Bateman... I think he just takes away from Mark, probably Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown at this point. Just more players trying to eat on a limited amount of passes that really quells the upside of a lot of players. So this is a first round talent. I'd still be willing to risk it. I wouldn't just be like, hey, I'm picking up Rashad Bateman and playing him this week. I'd want to wait and see, but I do think his upside is high enough that you should get him on your team. Like specifically, I think he has a higher upside than someone like Jamison Crowder, who I have at number three, but Crowder's a much better play this week uh, if you need someone to plug and play. He's three, Hunter Renfro is four, Marquez Callaway is number five. Here's the sneaky thing. Michael Thomas and Traquan might return from injured reserve and play for the Saints in Week 7 Monday night against the Seahawks. Marquez Callaway is destined to be a wide receiver, too. He is not a wide receiver, one. In the preseason, when you get to run against the six-team offenses or defenses of the opposition, yeah, you can look like a number one. Against real defenses, not happening. So with Michael Thomas returning, this allows Callaway to play a more natural role of catching bubble screens and trying to make people miss with his speed or just burning it down the field. Two routes that Jameis can throw, and he's not going to be seeing primary coverage with Michael Thomas back. I mean, pick up Michael Thomas if he's still out there. He's not in you know, 90% of leagues. But if he is in yours, pick up Michael Thomas, obviously. But Callaway stands to benefit here over Traquan, at least in my mind. Uh, then 6 through 10, Gallup, Amon Ross St. Brown, Van Jefferson, Darnell Mooney, Christian Kirk. Michael Gallup will be on by this week, but he will be activated from injured reserve. He should return in week 8. People are going to see this just kind of going by the wayside. Pick up Michael Gallup. You could probably play Michael Gallup. Cedric Wilson was getting run. Uh, Cedric Wilson will not be playing anymore. It will be Michael Gallup on that team if he is activated and active for the game in week eight. After that, in deeper leagues, you got Khalif Raymond, Jamal Agnew, Rondell Moore, Nico Collins, KJ Osborne. They're fine, uh, but deeply only at receiver in that circumstance. Tight ends, the news and injury notes. Uh, Travis Kelsey kept coming in and out of the game with his hand injury. He still went seven for 99. He'll be okay, but something to watch moving forward. Uh, his backup, um, Jody Fortson, blew out his Achilles. He's done for the season, so just more time for Kelsey. Hopefully they don't ask him to block too much because that's when he kept getting hurt. Dallas Goddard and Rob Gronkowski could both return in week seven with you know, Dallas, Go- Dallas Goddard now without Zach Ertz, now in Arizona. Um, coming off of COVID-19. Then you have Rob Gronkowski with that ribs injury. He should, he came close to playing last Thursday night. After 10 days off, he should return for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. So in terms of overall pickups, it's still Ricky Seals-Jones, who's available in 80% of leagues. Until Logan Thomas comes back, he's a top 10 tight end. Play him, pick him up. Pat Fryermuth, um, yes, the Steelers are on by this week, but the role that everyone thought, oh man, Chase Claypool without Juju, look at all the targets. No, Claypool did exactly what he always does. Claypool is better when Deontay Johnson doesn't play. Without Juju, it was Pat Firemouth, who is the new safety blanket. He's going to see an uptick in routes. He's going to see an uptick in receptions and yardage. I think he's a viable top 12 guy when the Steelers return from their bye week. So go pick him up and put him on your bench if you need a tight end. If not, you got Dan Arnold, 
also on by Ross Dwelly coming back. We don't know if it's Trey or Jimmy playing quarterback yet. Ross Dwelly filling in for the injured reserve George Kittle at the moment has always been a pretty good play while George Kittle has been out. Hunter Henry at five. Then you got Mo Alleycock, Zach Ertz now on Arizona, Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, and CJ Secret of the Oozma at number 10. Uh, I just, I'm, Zach Ertz might score a bunch of touchdowns. Who knows? But there are frankly too many options on this team. And Max Williams was an athletic tight end who was making very, a very particular set of plays, much like Liam Neeson and Taken. He has a very particular set of skills. So does Zach Ertz, but it's not great for fantasy. It's great for like four for 21 yards and hopefully a touchdown. That's not what I want to go with here. Quarterback injuries. Baker hurt his shoulders, non-throwing shoulder again. It's Thursday night football. He's probably going to play, but keep an eye on him. He's clearly not 100%. He doesn't look good. So QB streams for the week. Tannehill, number one, playing Kansas City. Tua, number two, playing Atlanta. Jameis at number three. Derek Carr at number four. Mac Jones at number five. Trey Lance and or Jimmy Garoppolo just at number six. We'll wait and see who ends up getting the start in that game. I think they're a viable play if you want to roll them out. Then Sam Darnold at number seven for the streamers. This week, uh, streaming defenses, I got New England, New Orleans, Arizona, Carolina, and Green Bay all available in over 40% of leagues right now. New England shouldn't be, but they were dropped on mass because they were playing Dallas, but now they get the Jets, so that's great news. Jake and I will have our wired defense rankings on the ranking show, as we always do, and that will come out before waivers. So if you just want to contrast and compare the rankings to who is available in your league, as it will happen before waivers actually goes, then that's probably a circumstance that you want to be in big bye week troubles this week for a lot of the teams. So uh, you might have to play a crappy defense this week. Hopefully it's someone like... Arizona and they're playing Houston and that's going to be great news because Davis Mills kind of reeks that will do it for the waiver wire pickups again the cheat sheet will be updated you can find that in the description and for all the snap counts everything like that if you want to know the top three in snap share at running back this week it was Khalil Herbert James Robinson and Najee Harris all between 85 and 90 percent of the snaps there's no Damian Williams again this week fire up some Khalil Herbert he was not bad against the Packers much better than I thought that he was going to be What's going on, everyone? I need to tell you again about Elevate Hydration from Beam because I absolutely love it. I was feeling a bit logy during the afternoons recently. I'm up early. I got two little kids. They're always sick. They make me sick. And I do most of my filming early in the morning. Then I go to the gym around like noon. And by the time three o'clock hits, you know, I'm gassed. By the time like seven o'clock hits, I want to go to bed after the kids go to bed. I had to do something. So I've been trying to exercise. That really you know, it works for a bit, but then it wears off. And trying to eat better. But I found that Elevate Hydration from Beam started using that because they're giving away free samples. So I got some, like you should as well. Uh, really work. There's three specific flavors uh, for your specific needs. You have digestive balance. You have sustained energy, which uh, is Elevate Energy made with caffeine for sustained energy. But I've been using Elevate Recovery made with collagen peptides and branch chain amino acid. They help me recover from the gym for tired muscles and joints. And they're giving me energy throughout the day. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I'm fired up again in the afternoons. It's absolutely great. I highly recommend you do it. And you can get it for free. You don't even have to put a credit card in. Nothing like that. Because our listeners can get free Elevate sample packs to try them all out by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-M organics.com slash mayo for a free sample pack. Stay hydrated. Highly recommend you try this out. Great for hangovers too, by the way. All right, back to the show. So that will do it for the waiver portion. Let's move into Monday Night Football, Bills at 
Titans, the spread has now dropped to minus six for the Bills on the road. That's from DraftKings Sportsbook. Actually, it's now six and a half is the total. The spread just keeps moving towards the Buffalo Bills. Jeff and I both picked Buffalo minus five and a half on the Wednesday show for the spread pick show. If we get it, we go nine and five for the week, the two of us. So that'd be nice. The Titans at plus five and a half are cuss super lock. If you need to know uh, how that is moving, uh, we'll get into the DraftKings showdown picks here momentarily, but I want to walk through some props. This is a same game parlay from DraftKings Sportsbook. Code PME will get you a bonus at DraftKingsportsbook.com right now. And here's what I played. The, the one thing that you need to know is, let's see here. Uh, AJ Brown may or may not play in this game. He's dealing with an illness that was reported on Sunday. I'm guessing he's going to go, but he already mentioned that he's going to be on a snap count. So I don't have the highest hopes in the world for AJ Brown. So I've took an alternate spread on him under 74 and a half receiving yards. I have an alternate rushing spread on Ryan Tannehill over 13 yards rushing, which he's gone over in four or five games. Derrick Henry, anytime touchdown, Zach Moss, anytime touchdown over 53 and a half points total in this game. I like, I played Bill's alternate spread minus nine and a half as a part of the same game parlay. I don't love each of these individually, but if we're trying to juice everything up, you can see I had over 29 and a half Zach Mosh rushing yards. That was an alternate line. So I have changed that. Let's see what we're doing at right now. So those six picks I just gave you would make it 30 to one as the same game parlay. I do want to see what they've updated the rushing prop of Zach Moss to. So oh, now they're giving me, oh, it's not even alternates. You can go overs or unders. I'll go, let's see. You know what? I am going to go over 39 and a half. So we throw that into a seven game uh, parlay right now. Same game parlay at DraftKingsportsbook.com. And that gives you 40 to one. So, I mean, I don't mind that one so much. You can see on the, if you're watching the video version of the show, you can see it on the screen, obviously. If you're listening to the audio version, I'll do a quick rundown for you again. Over 13, Ryan Tannehill rushing yards. Under 74 and a half, A.J. Brown receiving yards. Derek Henry, anytime touchdown. Zach Moss, anytime touchdown. Over 53 and a half total points in the game. Bills alternate spread, minus nine and a half. Over 39 and a half rushing yards for Zach Moss. I wonder if we have A.J. Brown receptions in this game receiving props aj brown receiving yards and they're now no longer giving an over there it is a over under receiving yards you can do an alternate for him aj brown receptions they're only giving us overs no unders to deal with i'd want to go unders in that circumstance so that's the same game parlay i don't have a ton of interest in this game honestly from a betting perspective it would have to be something like a 40 to 1 bet you know to get the juices flowing what i do have interest in however is prizepicks.com if you go if you're a first-time player at prizepicks.com right now um then you can use code mmnnfl to take advantage of a huge bonus free money play this weekend. So prizepicks.com code MMNNFL for first time depositors. You get a match deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $200. So you're up $100 to begin with. And if you play any Monday night football entry from this game and Derrick Henry rushes for one or more yards, you get an extra $25. So I've already played my prize picks entry, but we'll recreate it for you right now. Uh, if you do play prize picks, you have to play from two to five picks and need at least one player from each game if you want to go ahead with that. But you can play a bunch from this game if you want to. Uh, I went with Zach Moss over 41 and a half rushing yards. I really wanted to go with rushing touchdowns, but he wasn't available. But I will take Derrick Henry 
over 0.5 rushing touchdowns. So again, you get your free $25 offer. Let's just pump that up to 25 bucks right now. So 25 to win 75 with these two picks. Uh, they're not my two favorites, though, because they're going to be on the ticket, obviously. I told you, Ryan Tannehill uh, has gone over 17 rushing yards in four or five games. So over 16 and a half rushing yards. Uh, we'll take the over in that. And then I really like my favorite one is that A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown under four and a half receptions. Snap count already limited. All four of those hit. You win 250 bucks. I've already played this exact entry for $25 coming off a nice winner that I gave out on Friday's show. So let's see if we can roll this forward. We're getting greedy, playing four at once. This is a power play, not a flex play. If you play a flex play, uh, you only need three of them right. Three right pays 1.5 times your money, and all four right pays five times. You get that out of getting one wrong. But I want to do the power play. Get 10 times my money on this one, so 25 to win 250. And again, it's a free play if you use code MMNNFL at prizepicks.com. So again, highly recommend that you do that. Let's shift over to, oh, there are my optimals. I already ran everything. So let's go to the inputs for runthesims.com. Runthesims.com slash mayo gets you a discount. And obviously you can use the classic full slate optimizer. This is the DIY simulator HQ where you run single game showdown. You can run it for the entire game, second half DraftKings, fourth quarter DraftKings. It is all there for you. Um, and I've customized everything I've wanted to do off the baseline. So you can use the baseline projections or you can customize everything the way that you want. So I've adjusted the point score, the pace, the rushing rate, and gone through a lot of the players and already adjusted them. So I have the Bills scoring 37 points in this game. I have the Titans scoring 27 points in this game. So a 10-point win for the Buffalo Bills is the story that I'm telling myself for showdown purposes this week. Pace, 65 plays for the Bills, fast-paced team, and playing catch-up. I got 67 for the Tennessee Titans, a rushing rate of 40% for the Titans, a rushing touchdown ratio of 50%. That's what happens when you got Derrick Henry on your team. And anything you see in gray on the screen right now has been adjusted from the baseline. So I'm not giving away the goods here of Run the Sims. I'm telling you what I am doing with Run the Sims for my showdown lineups. I have the Bills at a rushing rate of 33% and a rushing touchdown rate of 35%. Uh, I've adjusted Zach Moss up to 45% of the market share of rushes for the Bills, 25% for Singletary and Josh Allen, and then Isaiah McKenzie in at 2% because, you know, why not uh, in that circumstance? Rushing touchdown rate, 46% for Zach Moss. That's up. Devin Singletary down to 10% with Josh Allen, right around 40%. I kept all the baselines intact for the Bills receiving game, 25% market share for Diggs, 19 for Sanders, 17 for Beasley, 14% for Dawson Knox, you know, and a couple more for Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Jake Kumaro. We all know Beasley did nothing against the Chiefs. So I think that he could be a real hinge showdown play this week as a contrarian option. He's not going to be highly owned. He might suck for all we know, but he's a good price at $5,400. And if we do keep him at the 17% market share of the receiving, when we run the Sims and look at the projections, he's going to pop up pretty well. Now, if you think that it's going to be 30% digs, 25% Sanders, 8%, I mean, you can change that on Run the Sims, then run your simulations that way. Run it 10,000 times to see what happens, and then see how often Cole Beasley ends up in the optimal. For the Titan side of things, I boosted up Ryan Tannehill to 12% from 10% of the market share of rushes, and I basically just took it away from Kerry Blazengame, who just, I don't think, is going to rush the ball. And you have Makai Sargent at 1% of the rushes, but it's Derrick Henry at 80%. That's what we're concerned with, 81 percent of the touchdowns now in the receiving game 
I went in and decreased AJ Brown from 25% to 12% because I think that he is going under. I don't think he's going to be at 100%. Bumped up Julio to 20, Marcus Johnson to 14%, Josh Reynolds to 6%, kept Chester Rogers at 8 and gave 2% to Nick Westbrook Ikena in this passing offense. Bumped Ferkser up to 8% with Jeff Swain and Michael Pruitt at 4 and 3% of the market share of passes and targets from Ryan Tannehill. So if we run the Sims, on my custom projection for these games, we'll get a better sense of what's going on a lot of the time here. So we have Josh Allen as a 21% captain, uh, 57% flex in the optimals. That's with 10,000 simulations, 85% of the time, Josh Allen is in the lineup. The only other captains above 10%, Derrick Henry and Stefan Diggs at 17 and 15% respectively. They're all above 50% as a captain plus flex in showdown on DraftKings for Monday Night Football. Outside of that, uh, some interesting ones that pop up. Cole Beasley then becomes fifth, the fifth best captain, the fifth highest owned overall, if you keep him at the 17% rate because of his salary and that 17% target share. That's above Sanders. You see Jeremy McNichols. He's at 33% based on my projection. Zach Moss is better than Julio Jones, but... Marcus Johnson pops up a lot of the time, too, because we gave him a boost with A.J. Brown going down, and he's only $1,400, so he makes it into a lot of lineups. When I look at my custom lineups, um, again, of the 10,000 simulations, uh, the one that was the most frequent that popped up, 17 out of 10,000 simulations, uses the full $50,000, and the lineup is Stefan Diggs as the captain. Zach Moss, Josh Allen from the Bills side, McNichols, Derrick Henry, and Marcus Johnson from the Titans side. If you want to save at least $500, this lineup pops up 13 times out of 10,000. Not really a great rate, and it has Jeremy McNichols as the captain, so you think a big receiving game from him. It also has Derrick Henry. Very few people are going to pair those two together when we go through things. Then you have Marcus Johnson, Ryan Tannehill, then Diggs and Allen as the correlation from the Bills side of the balls. But, I mean, you can always go back and amend this entire thing to take a look at, hey, maybe you think that the Titans win by one in this game, and it's like 24-23, and then you can run the Sims on those projections and that pace to see how it goes. So I just put you in a 10-point Bills win to see how all of this goes. Once again, runthesims.com. You can get a discount off of any membership level. I suggest the monthly right now if you want to see how it works and do this for any game, any slate, any site. Completely works out. So uh, runthesims.com slash mayo for that. Cashback credit cards are very 2020, so earn Bitcoin instead. BlockFi has the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card that lets you earn unlimited 1.5% in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases. That's amazing. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy groceries, pay your bills, or fill up the gas station. It's super easy. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no reward limits. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. Now's the time to start or ramp up your Bitcoin portfolio. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return in 2020. In fact, Bitcoin was the best performing asset of the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ 100 by 10 times, according to Yahoo Finance. BlockFi is a leader in crypto and was named to Forbes' FinTech 50 
list in 2021. Plus, BlockFi is the easiest place to buy, sell, and earn crypto. So there's no better time to sign up and start earning Bitcoin today. Right now, our listeners can get a bonus $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with the credit card when you go and sign up at BlockFi.com slash Mayo. That's a $25 bonus in crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase. But you got to use my URL, BlockFi.com. That's B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com slash Mayo. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your qualifying purchases today. BlockFi.com slash Mayo. Not all will be eligible, geographic, regulatory, and underwriting restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at BlockFi.com. BlockFi is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Now it's time to get to the life advice segment of the Monday show. Once again, if you have questions for me and you think that I can answer them or they're hilarious and you want me to answer them, the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com is where you can drop those. Did one last week about moving to Canada. This week, I actually had, well, one guy said, hey, Pat, I think you should have me on your show. I came second in The Millionaire Maker. Yeah, no, no thanks, pal. Find your own fucking podcast for that. You're not going to waste my time with that nonsense. I need to talk to you. Congratulations on coming second in The Millionaire Maker. Huge accomplishment. I don't know what you can really tell people about that. That's great for you. Um... Turns out that most people are not great guests. Put it that way. But here's a good one from Anthony. Uh, it's a two-part question. I'm going to answer part one. Um, your production setup equipment do's and don'ts. Maybe a hesitation here to share from you because of competition. I am not concerned about competition ever. I actually help my competition more often than I am terrified of my competition. Competition is good. Even between me, like I see like guys like Holka and Sal and Overzet. Like those guys are technically my competition uh, in this space. We talk to each other all the time and share tips. Rick Gaiman, try to get ourselves better at this stuff. Working together. There's enough out there in a market for all of us to prosper. And helping each other out has really benefited all of us throughout the course of the past few years. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. Actually, to set up Tower Tambellini with what this question is all about. So it's very helpful. I'm super interested in your production quality, whether it's you or you have a guest. Your videos and podcasts are very entertaining. Well, thank you. And easy to consume. I'm looking to do something similar for my own business and a completely unrelated to sports business and would be super interested to know what goes into the production side of things. High-end options, starter options, something like that. I can break that down for you right now. I can just show you my setup if you want. I'm going to take my phone and I'm going to insert this over because I use Adobe editing products. I can do that after the fact. And it's probably just easier for me to walk you through. Here's my camera. This is a studio camera. And the studio that I'm in right now does not hey look there i am down at the bottom of the screen hi me how you doing yeah that's my playback monitor so i can always tell what's up on the screens whether a graphic is up whether my guest is up uh that's how i know whether to look up or down at the camera and know that i'm covered by all that but this is a black magic uh, it's like a three thousand dollar camera once you buy the lens i have a custom lens on that again i should be in my main studio within the next six weeks or so where i'll be moving this camera and then i'll be downgrading the camera of this room just because this room's not very big it's like a 12 foot room it's like a, it's a I'm in my house. I, this is a huge light I have in front of me. But you can see on the walls, I have just moving blankets everywhere. That deadens the sound so there's no echo and makes everything sound full into the microphone. I'm using a Rode microphone. 
Most people use a Shure microphone. They're both very good. Uh, you can test out different options, but I have a huge like actual studio production light in front of me. That's why I tend to wear so much makeup in the studio because if I didn't, it would be a huge glare off my forehead back into the camera because I have this light and it's so close to me where it, it wasn't in my old studio. It won't be in my new studio, but this room isn't big enough. That's actually as far back against the wall as you can go. So the camera is like three feet from my face. I don't like it this close to my face, but this is just how we're going with this. Uh, I have a light right here. I have a light right here. This one's more in front of me, uh, hitting the front of my face. This one's more to the side of me to hit this part of my face. So the other one is up here. That one is right here. Then I have another key light behind me because people always forget to light yourself from behind. That way it stands you out from the background in terms of lighting. Um, additionally, I have some soundproofing on the floor um, and I have these lights on the floor. So there's one here to the right of me, one here to the left of me, and those light the both bookshelves behind me because as you can see, the bookshelves are actually quite drawn out from the wall. There's probably a foot and a half to two feet of space from the back of this bookshelf to the posters that are on the wall. It's all just angling when you look at the camera. Additionally, I have two other lights. These are just cheap Amazon lights. They're like 30 bucks for two of them. You can control them from your phone. They light everything that's going on behind me to once again, give yourself that fuller look. The one thing that I will caution for, and I'll get back to myself here on the screen. Uh, one thing I would caution is you want the same temperature of lights, LED all around. If that's what you're using, you don't like, I don't have my house lights on that are just come with the house. You don't want to mix LED with fluorescent lights. You get weird color temperatures coming through. So that's sort of like the high end option of what I'm rolling with. You don't need to roll that out. When I eventually moved to my studio, I'm moving this camera with me, and then I will be switching to a Sony A6000 mirrorless camera uh, with a 16 to 50 millimeter lens on it. Now, that's just a normal digital camera, but you can convert it into a streaming camera. Now, if you see Joel Holka's stuff, and I'm not sure about Sal, but Rick Gaiman stuff, they use the Canon version of this. I just like Sony products, so I do that, but it's all the same stuff. So you buy a tripod for it lock it in, then you have your zoom function with it. This is sort of the middle option. Those cameras run you like between $550 and $700. So it is very expensive. Tripod's like a hundred bucks. You need this connection cord uh, in order to make it work. It's like a mini HDMI. It's a micro HDMI type D to HDMI type A cable that you plug into the camera and then plug into your system to make sure that everything can go through. That way you can get the streaming part. But you also need a dummy battery for that camera because where it's not an actual like streaming camera, what you actually need is something to replace the battery because the battery will close the shutter almost instantaneously on that camera if you're not constantly using it. You put in the dummy battery, it basically converts this like digital camera into a streaming camera. So those only cost like 20 bucks on Amazon. Just look up dummy battery. You're going to be good to go. Then you use Game Capture HD as your streaming program. You go to www.elgato.com slash en slash downloads. It's a free program. You download it. That's what you run your camera through. And when you join a Zoom meeting or a Skype meeting or a StreamYard or whatever it is that you use, you select cap Game Capture HD, and then it will just be that camera running through through um 
for you. Uh, you also need the Elgato Stream Stick as well to plug everything into, to plug into your computer, to activate all of this. And if you want to switch cameras with a guest or anything like that, I use ATEM for everything. My cameras, uh, my computer, I have ATEM. My computer, I have, I have like $70,000 worth of equipment that goes into this stuff. And you probably don't want to start off with anything close to that. So it's an actual like switching board. And camera one, camera two, camera three, dissolve, cut, whatever it is that you want, bring in your graphics. You can accomplish the rudimentary version of that with the Elgato Mini. So you go to elgato.com. Uh, you can find one where you can switch cameras, bring in graphics, set everything up in a program called OBS. And then you can have you can see everything in front of you, what's on the screen. You can set up double boxes, triple boxes, quad boxes, whatever you want to do. You can do that with the, El, with the Elgato, like the stream stick for the camera. And it's the mini switcher that you would want to use to switch your cameras if you have a guest. If not, then you just use your single camera and shoot yourself like I'm doing right now. The biggest thing with guests isn't necessarily... So if you're recording everything in-house, your quality is going to be great no matter what camera you use. That's just straight up because it's a, you're not relying on the internet whatsoever to broadcast your feed. Once you bring in guests or you're streaming or whatever it might be, the single biggest thing isn't camera, isn't microphone, isn't lighting, it's internet quality. Hardwire yourself in to your computer. It will increase, the even if you're shooting in 720, your 720 camera will look better than an HD camera with bad internet. It just straight up will. It'll be clear. Like when, if people watch the Dogger Pass, that's Cody's biggest problem is that he's not hardwired in. We ask him to, but it's Cody and he won't do it or he just forgets to do it. And that decreases the quality of the stream that he sends to us. And it just looks deteriorated. Jeff, very much the same way. Keep asking, plug yourself in, man. Doesn't do it. So it hurts the quality of his stream and that is the biggest fix of all like jeff has the the sony he has an awesome camera and his stuff should look like holka's and rick's it just doesn't because the internet quality isn't up to task on that so you have the lights you have the soundproofing these mats are like 20 bucks the lights the two like not the huge studio like the the three ones that are around me you can buy a pack of those for almost nothing um, and it will end up being like a hundred bucks or something like that to buy two really good quality ones. You can control the temperature of the brightness, the color. If you want it to be more yellow, you want it to be more light, whatever it might be. Those Amazon ones are controlled from an app on your phone. You can make them brighter. You can dim them down. You can change the color on them if you really want to. As you can see, it's like, oh, I'm Pat. I have that going on now. Let's turn it to blue and it'd be super dark. We can turn it to green and see what happens with that. We can turn it to red and I can come from you straight to hell super easy to do from your phone i think i in american money i think it's like 25 bucks for two of them i have four of them and they all sync up pretty easily the settings that i use are actually the little thing at the top white light cw and then crank it up all the way to the top i find that gives me the most pure look uh as clean comes through for your backdrop just make it colorful and make it clean i don't care what it is i have this stuff because it's stuff that i like but that's personal to me you don't need to have that stuff you can just have a clean black sheet. It's better than a messy room or stuff that's going on. You want to create depth in your shot. That's why I have these out from the wall because now I'm in front of them. They're in between me and the wall and the camera is back a little bit. It just creates layers of depth. It makes the shot look better. It helps with the lighting too with 
I told you about the key light in the back and the key light in the front that takes me, separates me from the back, which is lit in its own way. And these two things are lit in their own way. It just creates a better flow of the shot. So everything doesn't look two dimensional in the shot. If you check out Joe's stuff, like Joe sits very close to his wall, but you would never know because of the way that he has done the depth in his shots, moving stuff out from the wall, moving stuff back from the wall and just having it staggered all around. It creates a real sense of space in the shot, which is what you want to do. Now, what you actually want to do just starting out is, I don't want to say it's like pretty easy, but it's it's pretty easy to be perfectly honest with you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Amazon and we're going to order you a microphone and we're going to order you, I told you about the lights, you can get the lights, but we're going to order you a microphone and a camera. Make it super easy on yourself to do this. I got to bring up my past orders because this is generally what I supply my guests with if they are frequent contributors. The best USB mic I have found that you can get is the Audio-Technica 2020 USB Plus. The AT2020 USB Plus, just look that up. Uh, it's a condenser USB microphone. You just plug it in and it's good to go. A lot of people use Yetis. Yetis are absolute dog shit. Do not use them ever. They're horrible, horrible. The Snowball ones are even worse. This Audio-Technica one is legit. It's pricey. Like I just bought one for, for one of my new contributors to the hockey show for $165 Canadian. That's like a buck 20 American. It's pretty good. So I would say for the quality wise, you can get away with that right off the hop. It will sound pretty good. And where it's a condenser, uh, you just want to record yourself at a normal level and you'll be good to go on that front for a camera. Let me pull up the exact one that I give a lot of my contributors. The issue with this camera is it's really wide lens, which I like and because it shoots in HD because I can push in. We use our program to push in our guests so they look relatively the same size as me in the frame when we do the two box. Cam is a bit of an exception because his face is just in the camera the entire time. But the one that I used is called, and it comes with a little mini tripod on it. It's a webcam that you just plug in USB. It's a Logitech HD C922 Pro Stream webcam. If you're editing your stuff after the fact, then it's going to be pretty good, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, because then you can push it in. You're not going to only use lose resolution if you're properly lit. So you can look exceptionally clear. It's not that expensive. It's around $114 Canadian. Uh, so it's like 90 bucks American. So 90 bucks American for the camera, 115 for the microphone, the, the backlights, you probably want two of those. That's going to be like 25 bucks. Um, and then you're going to have these other lights that are around. They're like a hundred bucks. So all in 300, 325. So let's say a max cap of $400 American. If you want a, and it will look good. It'll look legit good. And I'll throw like as part of that 400, some background stuff, whether it's like I said, one black sheet, you can get away with that. Something with a print on it. You can have stuff around to make it look clean in the background like this. I think that you would be fine going with that rudimentary setup for 400 bucks. I mean, video production is not cheap at all. Like I said, you can go from my setup, which, is, you know, in grand total, like once I include my three cameras and have everything in, that's not even including the set, which I'm currently building, which is going to cost me like 50 grand. Uh, you know, it's like $75,000 worth of stuff just on equipment alone. This way you can get away with it if you already have a computer for $400, make stuff look pretty good. And you can always too, you can buy a dongle for your phone, because your phone is probably the best camera that you own. So this is an iPhone 12, I think. It's the one with the three camera. It's not the brand brand. It's not the 13. It's not the brand brand new one. But there's a dongle that you can buy to plug into the bottom of this. 
Um, it's not this one that I have. I actually have one that I use for like web hits. If I'm going to do it, you so you find like one of those ring light stand, then you adjust the ring light stand. You clip in your phone to it like this, but you have the dongle coming out of it. So the dongle you can then plug into your computer. You can plug your mic into and then plug that into the computer. So then everything will start transferring through the computer, uh, and you'll be able to. It'll transfer through the. Uh, the camera, if you, this is if you want to do like a zoom hit or something like that. And then if your Wi-Fi is not good enough, turn on the 5G on your phone. That's faster than most people's internet. You'll get a great quality. Uh, you can even buy ones with a dongle where you can charge the phone the entire time as well and just shoot everything that way if you want to because you can zoom and do whatever you want on your phone to frame yourself up properly. So that is a little bit of a hack if you already have a good phone. Then you don't need to buy the camera whatsoever. You can just buy that Audio-Technica microphone, buy the $30 dongle, plug it into your phone, and boom, you're on your way. And then you can use the background lights, and then have a stand for your phone. Those ring lights usually have an iPhone stand or an Android stand in them that you can get away with it. So those are the completely different options, different levels that you can go to to get into production like this if you wanted to. I hope that helped. Uh, I saw the second part of your question. I'll answer that at a later time because I've taken up way too much of your time already, but that will do it for me. I'm Pat Mayo. Smash the like. If you got a question, go to thepatmayoexperience at gmail.com and leave it there. Prizepicks.com. Code MMNNFL to get take advantage of that deposit bonus and free $25 giveaway on the Monday Night Football game. All the cheat sheets are up on DK Nation or in the description on the Substack. You can find the injury cheat sheet and running back snap cheat sheet along with air yards, tight end shares, all of that good stuff. Please go subscribe to that as well. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Family